Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Blue Wire. So just about every night um, when I put Noah down to bed, we have like a little cuddle session and he'll come and just like, you know, or I'll like go and. Uh, attempt to lay in his bed but I'm a right. giant man and it's a tiny bed <laughs> um but so we're just actually just laying on the floor and he had brought his blanket and his his pillow down and we're just having this really tender moment and he looks over to me and he says dad yes Noah dudes rock 2021 <laughs> <laughs> oh my god he's perfect He's the best kid in the world, and I love him so much. Hello, hello, and welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah jazz podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network with me, Sarah Todd, jazz beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. No, no, no. No, I'm not doing it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay well i will will tell the we'll tell the people that uh me and you we were at our thanksgiving our friendsgiving yes celebration uh of all we of gotta our, see each other live in the flesh live in the flesh all of our closest all closest peeps and me and greg i think finished off two bottles of wine <laughs> we drank a lot we drank a lot of red night. wine <laughs> and it was a joyous occasion and Victor met someone, uh, Hove himself, Jay-Z, which is an <laughs> impression that I do. <laughs> uh, uh, apparently after two bottles of red wine. Yes, it is. It's not one that I break out often, but it's one that I'm proud of. But I am. <laughs> we were talking, oh, we're going to do it on the podcast. And now here in the sober daylight, no, we're we not are doing not. It on the, we are not doing it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, the Jazz are going to be playing the Philadelphia 76ers today. You guys are hearing this today. And Greg, you're going to be at that game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at that game. Huge thank you to Emily Wilson. Shout out to Emily. But yeah, wonderful, wonderful person. Um, yeah, I bought some tickets off her and I will be there to see the... Uh, so to see no one. The marquee matchup. Joel's out. Ben's not on the trip. Uh, oh God, damn it! <laughs> uh, I didn't know this. Matisse Thibel might not play. <laughs> and beat of... scared. They're hey, all scared. Hey, Tobias is back, so you'll be able to see Tobias Harris play. <laughs> That's the marquee matchup I was looking for. Yeah. Um, but hey, at least the Jazz might get off the Schneid. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Let's hit some of the newsy stuff, and then we're going to talk about some of the games that the Jazz have played over the last few days. Yeah. One week ago, Rudy Gay was playing two-on-two basketball. The next day, uh, Wednesday, he was playing three-on-three, and the Jazz announced that he was progressing in his return to the court. We love progress. 
that he would be reevaluated on Monday. And here we are recording on Monday to tell you that Rudy Gay was a full participant in jazz practice today and played full five on five, as well as practicing with the stars last night, Sunday. Gay going to play. Now, the Jazz did release their injury report, injury report for the Sixers game, and Rudy Gay is listed as out. If I were a betting woman, I would say that he probably isn't going to play in this game. But uh, an injury report that comes out the day before a game can always be upgraded, and they will uh, update any statuses they need to after shoot-around in the morning. And so who knows what could happen. What I can say with absolute certainty is that his return is imminent. We love to hear it, especially because the Jazz need a boost. Yeah, they really do. Uh, no, but this is this is great news. I think you know you're adding another solidified veteran, a very versatile player. Um, I give so much credit to Eric Pascal uh, for the way he started this season and absolutely. his energy. I love that guy, and he's the type of guy who Jazz fans fall in love with. He's part of that, like, Trevor Booker, Damari Carroll, Jay Crowder kind of mold. Right. But ultimately, Rudy Gay is the better player, especially offensively. Yeah, and so, like, when when people are asking questions, like, what's going to happen when Rudy Gay comes back? I I mean, to be very honest, Eric Pascal is probably not going to play. That's what's probably going to happen. And... If last year's Jazz Clipper series taught me anything, uh huh, it made me eat a lot of crow in the way that that roster was uh, put together. Yeah, and I learned that even if you don't play guys in the season in the first round, having options f- far along the bench, situational is, players, is a lot better than not having them. Yeah, you got an insurance policy. Yeah. And it's great. An insurance policy on a low contract that we have seen play his guts out over the last couple of weeks. That that's a good thing to have on your team. Yeah. If anything, I think jazz fans should be excited about this move. A you're upgrading the position and B if anything goes awry, you have a solid backup. You have a guy who can come in and while he will likely not match Rudy Gay's production, the effort will be there. The playmaking will be there. And he's a guy who is worthy of NBA minutes. Absolutely. The, the other piece of news that we have to get through is that we spoke to general manager, Justin Zanuck, and he was giving us sort of some Rudy Gay updates. And then also letting us know that like, Hey, Jared Butler is going to bounce between the jazz and the stars this season. That's, that's the route that we're taking. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. The thing is, is that like, and and this is a point that Justin brought up, but it's a point that we've also talked about before. Like this jazz team, isn't the jazz team of five or six years ago. No, they're not. They're not, you know, scouring, looking for the diamond in the rough through the rookie pool. Like they have their established roster. They're trying to Mm -hmm. go from good to great. And that gives them the luxury of being able to have a rookie like Jared Butler and being able to spend time and develop him instead of just throwing him to the wolves and kind of seeing what happens when he's playing against NBA guy, he gets time and, and time is valuable. And so I, I completely understand it. It's like, what would you rather have? The the other option is Jared Butler sits on the jazz bench all season and gets minutes here and there when someone's injured. 
Yeah, I mean, it's quite literally why the G League was made, right? So guys like him can get the reps that he needs. I think this is great. I think that, you know, I think that maybe preseason was a little bit of fool's gold with Jared Jared Butler. You know, I thought he turned out some incredible performances, but throughout the season, he's been kind of handed the keys a little bit and hasn't really been able to... uh, hasn't really been able to steer the ship how we wanted it to, which is fine. He's, he's a, he's a young rookie, but what he needs is that experience. And it's going to be hard to get that experience in front of Clarkson and Joe Ingles and Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. So yeah, go down and get him the reps that he needs. This is a perfect opportunity for him to go against NBA players and, and get that experience and get those reps. I think that much like, uh, friend of the pod, Jarrell Brantley. I think mm-hmm. that Jared Butler is a guy who does not do well in spot minutes. I think mm-hmm. he's a, ri- I think he's a rhythm player. Totally and, agree with that. And it, and also it's, it's very hard for a guy to come off like being the guy on a national championship team. And then to go down to like, Oh, you're going to get a couple garbage time minutes here and like, do what you can in those minutes. Like, yeah, that's very difficult. It's a completely different mindset. So he has to completely change the way that he looks at the game. And, and like, so I'm not surprised that he's had difficulties. I don't know that the preseason was that much fool's gold. I think that let's say that the jazz had a rotational spot that they needed to fill in the backcourt and that Jared Butler was thrown to the wolves this season. I think you'd get a lot of good stuff out of him. He's still a I rookie. Think, I think I misspoke. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I don't know if I think Phil's Phil's gold was the was the wrong uh right. Wrong I think term. that people got a little bit too excited. Like they thought, like, yeah, oh, we've got exactly. a guy for today, you know? Uh-huh. But like there, I don't think there's a reason to like make him go through sort of those growing pains today if he doesn't have to. Sure. And so I'm I'm fine with everything that's happening now, you know, next year, year after that if we don't see like improvement and more minutes for Jared Butler and more opportunity. And if, if it, or even if we start to like lose sight of what maybe we saw during this preseason and w- we don't get those glimpses again, mm-hmm. then, then you can start to be concerned. Sure. Right? But right and, now I'm not. And and let's, let's say hypothetically the jazz are in a pinch, you know, and Mike goes down for a few games or Donovan goes down for a few games or, or Ingles or Clarkson, you know, one of the, one of those four of the primary ball handlers, like, wouldn't it be nice to be able to bring Jared Butler in when he's a fresh and B like, he's not coming in. Like while, and and while he's, yeah. And while he's getting those reps, you know, and he's getting in game shape and he's, he's, so, I mean, so much of development is consistency and it's so hard to get that consistency when you are an end of bench player. Yeah. It's, it's such a better idea. Cause like that, that kind of stuff is going to happen. And like, you know, if the, if Mike's sitting on the second night of back-to-backs and like, maybe something happens to Trent Forrest or, you know, maybe they just want to give Jared another run, you know, yeah. it's, it's better to have him coming up off of game reps than to have him coming off of maybe like seven games in a row where he didn't play. Sure. I, I, I think that's honestly, I'm excited for the kid. I think it's going to be, it's going to be great for his development. And I think it's going to pay big dividends for the jazz. Absolutely. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Moving on to some of the stuff that the Jazz have done recently. Maybe it's gigantic fart noise. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it's better to say some of the stuff the Jazz have not done lately, which is like win games, play good basketball, do much of anything other than complain on the court. Yeah, there have been problems up and down the roster. Yeah, I think through maybe like the first 10 games, I was willing to be like, oh, that'll iron itself out. This will you know, even out it's the early season. My biggest problem with the way that the jazz have played, and we're talking about, they've lost four of the last five mm-hmm. back-to-back home games, back-to-back home game. My biggest problem in all of those is that like, they just don't seem connected. They don't seem interested. Like there's no fire from anyone. That's, that's the exact thing that I tweeted out um, while the jazz were down 26 at home to the Miami Heat. I said that if I'm an opposing coach, my game plan is going right at the Utah Jazz and being physical and being nasty because from what I've seen this season, the Jazz aren't going to match that toughness. And I've been I've seen it in especially during this this uh losing streak. And I think part of it was like they got by by just simply being better than other teams early on in the season. And they had kind of a bit of a weak schedule. And, you know, you played the Bucks with 60% of their lineup out. You beat the Nuggets when Jokic went out. And like, they've had some good fortune kind of fall their way, which is why their record is still what they're eight, eight and, four, and five, eight and five. Eight yeah. and five. But the Jazz have some bad habits. Like they don't get back on defense if somebody feels like they fouled. Um, especially Boyan and Rudy. They they're constantly complaining and whining. Yeah. Um, they they get beat on back cuts and they seem to lose their focus. Um, I forgot God how many times Duncan Robinson and, and Tyler Hero beat them on that back cut. They Tyler Hero on, had at least three of those. Yeah, they die on screens. They're not fighting whether you go over and under, they're just dying. Their rotations are garbage they're literally just not boxing out yeah i was just about to say that they're not boxing out that's what lost them the game against the indiana pacers the pacers are a bad team the jazz on paper are a much better team than the indiana pacers but when you give when you give tj mcconnell five offensive rebounds yeah and and demontis sabonis and you give 30 to malcolm brogdon good player should not be dropping 30 on you and I said it after the Pacers game. If TJ McConnell cooks you, that that loss should count for two losses. Yeah. I mean, it's just fine, fine player, not a guy who, sh- who should be going off on the Utah Jazz. And it was a hundred percent effort based. Yeah, that's what's bothering me is like and I I, you know, in talking to Donovan after that last game, you hear him like talk about the frustrations where it's like, you know their mistakes are compounding the frustration, which then creates more mistakes. So it's like very cyclical, you know, and I get that. I understand that that could be hard to deal with. We're like, you know, you blow something on defense and then a guy gets an offensive rebound. And it's like, Oh my God, here we go again. You're deflated. You go down the other end. You're not making shots either. So you miss a shot and you're just like, yeah, 
here we go again. You know, like it's, that- it's like it's like a boxer who doesn't keep his hands up and then he gets upset that he keeps getting jabbed in the face. Right. And so and the answer to that is like, don't don't miss rotations and don't give up offensive boards, yeah. you know, be, like be better, do your job. Because then when you miss the shots on the other end, then, you know, that's not as deflating when you know that you're getting stops. Yeah. And so it's just, I, it's completely effort-based the problems that the jazz are having right now. Now the shooting problems, again, I, I tend to believe that those will even out. I think that I'm firmly in the camp that the ball is part of the problem at this point. Yeah. I'm, I'm, fully fully in that camp i mean shooting is down across the league down across the league and i think part of it is that uh referees are allowing players to be more physical on defense but i do also think that like these players are too good i touched the ball again today yeah it feels like a toy (laughs) it's like why, why did the nba do this it doesn't have this same amount of grip and it's like very slippery and so it, fe- it. it feels like a little bit more plasticky. It, I can't imagine switching from the other ball to this one and it not being a problem. That being said, sure. the, once the balls get worn in, once the players get used to it, like they will get used to this. And so I am still not concerned about the shooting. Scoring mm-hmm. is going to happen. They'll find a way to do it. If they played better defense and if they rebounded the ball better, they'd be having a way better time right now. And we wouldn't yeah. be talking about this, but just like blanket statement. I think the ball is a problem. <laughs> yeah. And do you know what else is a little concerning for me? Um, it was concerning for me uh, in the loss against uh, both losses against the heat against the bulls and against the magic is that the jazz are still struggling with teams who can go five out and who have a bunch of athletic wings who can right. shoot. Um, and that's, that's really concerning because that's been a wart now for years. And like the jazz have proven to me, that they can play one way and that is good enough to beat the high majority of teams in this league. But they, it still seems to me like they have that fatal flaw. Um, and I'm going to stick with that until I see differently. And maybe Rudy Gay changes that. I still have a lot of trepidation pinning my hopes on a 35 year old, but they need to show me that they can beat a team that can, that, that has a bunch of, a bunch of shooting and especially a team that is athletic and versatile defensively and that can switch everything. I mean, that's what the heat did. And then they just went to a zone and they just forced the jazz to shoot from outside. Right. Uh, And which is, which is fine. Like if the jazz are going to be forced to take three pointers, like they're going to do that and that's be fine. But then when you get on the other side of the ball, you have to be able to handle the switch. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And And it's just, I, I mean, I'm not as mad about the heat loss her heat losses as i am with some of the others especially the the magic and the pacers which is just seemed to me like effort losses um i mean i feel like the heat one was too it's like they come in without jimmy butler i mean you're rested and you're i just i say it with the caveat that i think that miami is very good and may just be the best team in the nba right now right i'm not saying it's acceptable but still I'm like saying that the Miami heat are much better teams than the Pacers and the magic. Right. But the, the jazz weren't playing the heat. No. Like the jazz were a good team either because no, we, not you know, at all. The, the score of that game does not tell the whole story of that no. game. The jazz got their kicked. Yeah. They were completely blown out until the last like couple minutes of the game. Basically they put on a fake comeback that was 
honestly, like probably more embarrassing than just losing in a blowout because it's like, you know, where was you, this effort the entire exactly. game? If you play like a couple yeah. minutes of hard basketball, it's like, oh, so you can do this. You just I decided was, not to. If I was Quinn Snyder watching the game tape afterwards, like I'm getting the pulsating vein right above right. my eyebrow. Cause it's like, we all know what this team is capable of and we've seen it. Yeah. That's the and thing is like, this team isn't different than it was last season. But we like, we just, I want to see some nasty, you know, I yep. keep seeing the jazz get punched in the face. I want to see the jazz punch back. Yeah. And to your point about the switching, I completely agree. Like, you have to be able to do that. Now, in the past, I think that the Jazz, this is the only thing that like I see as a positive or a silver lining, okay? Is that yeah. in the past when the Jazz have talked about that, um, they've kind of like glossed over it and kind of pushed it to the side. The players would be like, we can play against five. Like that's not, a, we can do that, right? Mm-hmm. We can play against five out teams. We know how to switch. I mean, even Rudy Gobert would be like, I play well in space. Like, you know, people who don't watch basketball, like they would kind of just negate the criticism. hmm they're not doing that anymore. The other night was the first time I think that like consistently every player came into the post post game media sessions and, and even Rudy Gobert, he was like, you know, teams think that they can come in and switch everything and beat us. And they're right. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're going to look at it positively, what Rudy Gobert had said, he said, well, uh, this is good. Then, then the fact that teams are coming in and all of them want to switch against us, Good, because we need practice. Yeah, we need, that's we gonna, need to that's practice going against to, it. Yeah, you, you're either going to adapt or you're going to die. Right. And so the fact that they're kind of admitting the deficiencies that they have in that area and they're like, listen, we know that we need to get better there. And if everyone's going to keep throwing it at us, keep it coming because we got to get better. And at least it's happening in November and it's not happening in April. Yeah, absolutely. If there is a silver lining to that, it's that yeah, they're getting exposed early on in the season. Um, and, and ultimately, I think they do right the ship. You know, they've got an easier patch of games coming up. I know you've got Memphis, you've got the Kings, you've got the Pelicans, who are dog. <laughs> yeah, man. They're so bad. You got the Pelicans twice in a row. I mean, the next game, so you, you got, got the Thunder. Raptors. Like these, these are winnable. Te- this, this, is, right. this is a chance for the Jazz to get off the schneid, to rally off, uh, you know, four or five, six wins in a row. Right. And, you know, and I think they have what, like 14 of the next 20 at home. Yeah. They have a a very heavy, like home presence through the end of November completely. And and then they go on a trip on the East coast. And so like for the rest of the month, they can pretty much like reclaim home court and get back to what they're doing. The, you know, the homestand also gives Rudy Gay more time to practice with the team because it gives them mm-hmm. more opportunities to actually get in the gym. So there's a lot of good things that can happen during like these next couple of weeks. Um, but I mean, exactly as we said, like someone needs to light a fire under their ass. Cause honestly, that's the problem. It's like, I watched yeah. these guys play the last couple of games and like, they just looked like they didn't care, you know, and they looked, it's it's weird to see a team, you know, 12, 13 games into a season that look look they look tired. Right. And I it's and weird because it's, it's like they look, it's like they look mentally tired, but it's like nothing nothing's changed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and li- uh, listen, I get it. They had a really heavy schedule. Like they played their first 10 games in 10 different cities, right? Yeah. 
that that's hard to do, right? You know, meanwhile, on the other, in California, you've got the Warriors with the easiest first 10 games in the history of the NBA, right? Yeah. And so the, the schedule will balance itself and they'll have more opportunities to get some rest and stuff like that. But um, it, none of it's a good enough excuse for me. No. I, that's you can say all that stuff about the schedule about rest days about back to, i don't care it's the nba you've been doing this the whole time this is that's you signed up for this years ago when you started playing right so it's not like yeah. it should be anything new no no and i totally agree and when you see you know when we're doing the uh the season eulogy not the postseason eulogy of the the utah jazz you know and they end up as like a four seed or something we're gonna look back and say like you know, those losses to the Pacers and Magic really, really cost them. And again, I hope I eat crow right now and I hope they get off the schneid, but there are some things they need to they need to fix. I'm I'm definitely not pressing any sort of panic buttons right now. No. And I think they will be fine. But there are there are absolutely issues that um if they aren't addressed, I will be smashing a panic button. Yeah. And you know, after the game, this brings up a couple of good points because after the game the other night, we asked Donovan, uh, is he concerned? He said, I wouldn't use the word concerned. I, I would say we're upset. Like, yeah, this is good. upsetting. And he's like, get, it's get embarrassing. Mad. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, as he's saying it, I was like, then, then be upset, man. Be upset. Because like, yeah. uh, I just, I just before recording this, I recorded the, the Sixers preview pod uh, for Locked On Sixers with Serena Winters, who used to be their sideline reporter. And mm-hmm. um, she's really great at what she does. And so listen to Locked On Sixers. Um, and she was asking, you know, what's a little bit different this year? And I'm like, honestly, like none of the guys seem to be fired up. You know, like she brought up the fact that the last time that the Sixers played the jazz, Donovan's walking off the court, smacking a Gatorade jug. And yeah. then he's like cursing at the media saying that it was bullshit that the jazz lost that game, like that they deserve to win that game. Like him and Rudy are just like worked up after the game. And I haven't seen that once. Yeah. Well, and, and what was even better is after that game, Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Jazz rattled off like 11 out of their next 13 or 14 games. And that's the thing is like they they were able to sort of fire themselves up. And and Quinn brought up a great point the other the other night, too. It's like it seems like this season the Jazz don't get fired up unless they're in danger of losing. Yeah, it's like the score is dictating the mood when like that's not how it should be. You should come out ready to win, not be forced to try to win it's it's weird to me too because it seems like there's almost like a little bit of entitlement where it's like yeah we're a really good team we you know just roll the ball on the court and we can we can beat teams like the magic and we can beat teams like the the indiana pacers hopefully it's a wake-up call because they can't yeah because and that's just that's not how it is and not only that but like you this team had like basically brought everybody back outside of Derek favors you know they they the band got back together for another run. George Niang is not the reason the Jazz are losing. <laughs> right. But like, this is a team that had the number one record in the league last year. Like, yeah. you're not catching anybody by surprise. Every single team knows you're good. Yeah. And knows that they are going to have to play really well to beat you. 
And also the jazz so, are so make them do it. Like right. don't and, beat yourself. And the jazz are unique in that their flaws and their deficiencies are so obvious. And so oh, like yeah. every team that comes in, it's just like, all right, let's let's catch them ball watching, crash the boards, and run at them really hard. Mm-hmm. Throw some bows in the post, you know? Yep. Like they the the scouting report is fairly simple, I think. And yeah, beat them up. Beat them up. Beat you back. Yeah. And so, if if any of if none of this is a wake up call for the Jazz to be like, oh yeah, we we can't just roll the ball out there and win, uh, then we're, we might be looking at a really rough couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that, I do believe that this team is able to kind of wake up. Sure. So we've seen this team flip the switch. I I have lost count of the number of times exactly and like i still have a lot of faith in this team i think it's a rough patch you know like they started last season off four and four yeah like it's it, it kind of seems like the early season slide is it's kind of a tale as, as old as time when it and comes to the utah jazz it is it's and very it, typical it, of them so again uh concerned yes panic no right yep i think that is the that's the right the right tenor right now. Pitch perfect. Yours truly. I watched that movie not too long ago for the first time. You watched a movie? Yeah, I watched Pitch Perfect. It was all right. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's fine. Anna Kendrick can sing. I mean, she's got a good voice. Yeah, we knew that though. So Yeah, sure. <laughs> this has been movie reviews with Unsalvageable. <laughs> I tried to watch another movie the other day. I would like put it on and everything. And uh, my boyfriend was too scared. So I had to turn it off. What movie was this? I wanted to watch Midsummer. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I wanted to yeah, watch that's... it. And he was like, uh, I hate this. This feels horrible. I'd like in the beginning, it's... I was like, I was like, we only got one murder suicide and you're already like tapping it's, out. It's, <laughs> it's a creepy movie. It's a really yeah. creepy movie. And it gets, it just keeps getting creepier. Yeah, I know. He doesn't like scary movies, though. And then it put him in a funk the rest of the day. <laughs> He's so sweet, though. He's such a sweet guy. We love him. We do. We do love him. Shout out to Colin. Love ya. Is that is that where we wrap it up? Yeah, that's, here we are. That's it. Yep. Here we are. Wrapping a bow on it. <laughs> you guys know what to do. Rate, review, subscribe, download. Do all of those things. Five-star reviews, please. But even if you leave us a one-star review, if you promise to keep listening, we don't care. And... You can follow Greg at Dad Jam Dad. That's a shot at um, uh, Vanilla Thunder, by the way. You can follow Greg at Dad Jam Dad. You can follow me at NBA Sarah. Follow the show at Unsalvageables. And we will talk to you next time. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. Yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I did that. <laughs> Step-by-step instructions to one Chris Stewart on how to <laughs> me from the back. Turns out you have a few glasses of wine in your 30s <laughs> and the next day you ain't worth <laughs> Oh, I went home and drank probably uh, two liters worth of water and took four Advil, and I actually woke up bright-eyed bushy tail.
Well, I had a beer when I got home, so... Uh, yes. <laughs> I did not wake up a bright-eyed bushy tail. 